Um, well, guys, um, I'm excited to be able to break bread with you guys in a little bit. Um, we are ending our series, This Is My Church, which, you know, we could just keep going, obviously, with many different things. And in many ways, we will. Amen. This is, this is our church. This is uh, Jesus' church, and we're going to continue to build it. Amen. Together. Um, and, uh, you know, this series was really just helping us learn how to function in the body of Christ. And one of the parts of our, all of our tasks is to own the church. Amen. Own the church is us. And, and we are the church. So it's hard not to disown yourself spiritually. We don't want to do that. And when we don't own the church, in some ways we disown ourselves. We disown what we're meant to be and do. Uh, last week I heard Nick preach the word. I know that you can use a new nickname for him now, the neck. You can say, hey, neck. He likes when you say it like that. Born for the piña. Uh, that's amazing, guys. I, I think the Mary's missed a great sermon. Make sure you listen to that sermon. Um, I, I, I think Nick is a pretty um, conservative guy. Like by, well, from afar, you think, oh, he's conservative. He doesn't get too crazy, you know. I don't see him, like, clubbing a lot, you know what I mean, and, and doing crazy stuff like that, or, you know, dressing really that, you know, out of the ordinary, but when he gets to be a human structure, and he's underneath, like, 40 people, and he could break his neck, I go, wow, that's kind of crazy. I don't think I would do that, but, uh, you know, he, 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 he was born, right, born to be the foundational uh, of the piña. Um, I'm still learning what that even means. But uh, what he was speaking about is how the church uh, functions as the body, as every ligament, right? Uh, it does its work. Every ligament is so important for the church. And if somebody missed their, their role, if, if someone got out of place, if someone just was like, I'm done, I'm out of here, and just left the structure, right? The whole structure would fall down. And he, he talked about one time when that happened and people just started falling. You know what I mean? When, when people are falling from the sky, that seems a little scary. And, uh, you know, praise God, he has such a strong neck. He was able to withstand the, the power of, of the, the structure. So uh, today we're going to jump into something that is um, just, I think, very encouraging. Just what it means to be a member of the Casco Bay Church. And we're going to be speaking a little bit about that. I think it's going to be super inspiring, super encouraging for us all. Uh, but... Um, before we jump in, I just heard um, Charlie Flynn's grandmother uh, passed away, um, and I know uh, this is Kevin's uh, mother, I believe, right? And she's such a beautiful woman. Uh, she always had. She visited the church often. She lived in Mass. Uh, I've I've visited her several times, and um, so I just wanted to start with a word of prayer and ask us all if we can just to. Uh, Keep uh, Charlie in our prayers and, and his family. Um, and, uh, you know, for those that do know Irene and, and, and Kevin, as well as um, just the family, please reach out to them as well. So let's, let's say a prayer, and I know we'll be supporting the Flins through this. Father, we are so thankful for life, God. Every day is so precious, Lord. Every single day is so precious. God, sometimes we feel like uh, we're just going through the day, but God, we... We're living today, God, and that means something that's so, so precious to us. We don't want to take that for granted, and yet, God, we, we know also that um, 
we all do die. And uh, God, I just pray so much. I know that um, uh, she was such a lovely, amazing woman, uh, a woman who just, she just shines so brightly, God. And I just pray that you would um, be with the family as, as they have this loss. I pray so much that uh, you would uh, just lift up the spirits and even bring the family closer through this, God. And we just, we just uh, ache, Father, as we hear that, God, we ache that, you know, um, you know, that, that happens, and yet I know she did live a long life, which we're grateful for, and, and she was, uh, she, she lived life to the full. I mean, she really did. She lived life fully and was driving and, you know, for a long time and, and doing her own thing. Very independent woman um, and very funny, and uh, I'm grateful that I got to know her, and I just pray you'd be with Charlie and Heidi and the whole family, Irene and Kevin, uh, people that we love, and we just pray, God, uh, even just for um, uh, the family, you'd strengthen them, Lord. And, and God, we, we pray for this sermon. I know, God, it's so important, Lord, that we as the family of God, we, we help each other to make sure we all get home, Father. Father, we all want to get home. And uh, God, we're not talking about our physical homes. We're talking about the home in heaven, Father. And Lord, I, I'm grateful that I don't have to do that alone that I have brothers and sisters who look out for me, and that, God, even though we're not perfect, God, we're striving, God, to make it there, God. And we're striving not just for us to make it, but for every single person in this room and those even outside of this room to make it, Father. God, we know that's the goal, and and we're, we're on a journey, God, and we pray, God, that this time, as we look in your word today, could be inspiring and encouraging, and that we could even just look at our own lives and say, how can I be a better member of the body of Christ. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen guys. Well, um, we're going to be doing the, the book of Romans next week. And uh, I just want to encourage you maybe to start reading the book of Romans for your quiet time. Um, you know, it doesn't take much to read. You don't have to understand everything. I still don't understand everything in the book of Romans. I'm still learning, but you can understand Romans, and they say they have a, a phrase, and I've said this before, that those that get Romans, that understand Romans, God gets them. Because when you understand the amazing grace through faith, that we that that there's it's access through us through the blood of Christ. Why would you ever want to leave that? You know what the world doesn't have anything close to offer you, compared to the book, the wonderful book of Romans, and more importantly, the gospel. That we share in. Amen? Amen. Um, so, let's jump in, guys. This is my church series. Today we're going to talk about what it means to be a member of the Casco Bay Church of Christ. And I wanted to just really intro this a little bit with the fact that um, I love this church. And, uh, you know, for eight years, I, I, my life has been changed from starting this church, being a part of starting the church with nine disciples and seeing God change literally the Portland area and beyond, uh, as well as the world. I mean, to see, you know, uh, people that are from the Casco Bay Church, you know, uh, just so many people that are impacting the world. You know, uh, Chris Ramos was on the original team, and now he's the campus minister of Toronto. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? Steve LaFrance, I just got word is going to be appointed an evangelist down 
in Florida, which is amazing. That's incredible. Uh, he's a region leader down there. And, you know, Steve LaFrance, he called me up one day and said, I want to be part of the, the mission team. I don't know you, but I heard great things about you and your wife. He came off the plane with no jacket uh, coming from Florida. And I gave him one of my jackets because he was so cold. Um, you know, uh, Sam and Stefan, they're in Connecticut and serving mightily, and they uh, are having a baby very soon, uh, a baby boy, which is really exciting. Um, just so many people. I mean, I, I think about what God's done here, and um, I thought about, you know, over 100 people baptized, um, and 35 of them are outside in other churches now helping people, many of them that we've helped, you know, become disciples. And sometimes you're like, why are you out there? Come, we need your help, you know, but God knows best, amen. Um, and at the same time, you know, we've, we've seen just lots of leadership raise up and, and just families being changed and babies being born and uh, spiritually and physically. And, and just the way you've loved us, we were grateful for just your love for us. I, I feel loved by you all. And uh, my children feel loved. Um, and uh, I'm, just, I'm just grateful that this is our church. Amen. And, um, you know, our hearts, even the leadership team, as we went through what it means to be a member, we wanted to just bring some clarity on what that means. Because I think clarity helps people understand, okay, this is what I can do for the church. This is what I can be for the church. And these are the convictions that, that I want to hold on to, amen, so that we can all get home, Amen. And so this is not something where, hey, this is what you need to do, you know, and, and everyone needs to be perfect because no one's perfect. And I don't think anyone is fully, you know, getting all of these seven convictions. Amen. The word I want you to think about today is striving. Can we say that with each other? Striving. Striving. I'm striving to, to be this. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm I, I want to get there. And, you know, if everything, you know, if you lift weights or do any kind of thing, there are times when the weight's a little too heavy. And that's happened to me before, you know. I can lift this bench press. Boom. It just hits you. And what do you need? You need help, right? And, and you know, prideful me when I was a sophomore in college, I thought I got this and I was going to do 10 more, right? And boom, I got stuck. And, uh, you know, you're like, help. <laughs> Help. You know what I mean? Nobody hears you, of course. Everyone's got their, their, you know, they're dancing to their thing, you know, they got the headphones in, you know, and back then you had the headphones, you know, and, and help, help. And then I start rolling it, you know what I mean, off of my chest, because I'm like, I don't want to be, you know, squeal here, you know, and then I'm finally like, oh, this isn't a good idea, you know, my ribs are not uh, going to work here. And then I go, help! And then everybody rushes, oh my goodness! You got the weight on your ribs, you know? And, and I look really, really silly, but sometimes that's what happens to us, right? We, we're striving, and, and yet it's, we, need, we need spotters, we need helpers, right? And, uh, and yet, eventually I was able to do it, you know, after working and, uh, you know, continuing to train and, and getting that help. But I'm grateful that we don't have to do it alone that we have each other. And so this is what we're striving for to do. Colossians 1 says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven 
and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. So the, the body of Christ is the church. And, and Jesus is the head of that church. And as we understand, we, we want the head to direct the church or direct the body. Amen. We want the Christ to direct the body. And the body is supposed to listen to the head. <laughs> and if the, the body doesn't listen to the head, we have problems. Literally, we have problems, you know. And, and there are times when that happens. Uh, and and it's, it's tough. It's tough to do anything when, you're, when, you're, when your body doesn't listen to uh, your head. And at the same time, it's a beautiful thing when it all works together. Amen? And so that's what we are. And of course we know there's only, I have only one head. Amen? Jesus Christ. And I only have one body. You've never seen, you know, a, a, guy, a person with two bodies. Right? Two bodies and one head. That, that wouldn't work out. Or how about 90,000 different denominations or different bodies? That would look freaky, wouldn't it? And so we know the Bible says that there's really one church, one body, amen? amen? One body. And it makes sense, you know, when we think about anatomy, right? There's one, one body, one head. And yet this world, is, it gets confusing, right? Uh, Ephesians 4 says there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope. When you're called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. And so there's supposed to be only one church, not 90,000 different denominations. Do you realize there's 90 different denominations of Christianity? I, I, I was surprised by that number, and, and yet it's grown. I used to say, you know, there's over 40,000 different denominations 20 years ago. Now there's 90. And you go, wow, what's up with that? Everybody has a Bible. Everybody somewhat believes in Jesus Christ in some form or fashion, right? How do we know? It gets confusing, doesn't it? And yet God knows. And here's the thing, church. I say this often. I say, I wish we could just be one church. I wish that you know, we could just all come together and work together, amen, and do it together. Wouldn't that be so awesome? But, you know, obviously location is hard. We can't do that because of location. We have, I can't, you know, fellowship often with the church in Italy, right? It's hard, you know, I and mean, we have technology, but it would get a little tough to have all these different people come in, you know, and where do we come in and how do we organize that? But one day, amen, God will bring his whole church together amen. and there'll be one church. And that's pretty amazing to think about, guys. I say, I wish we could all be one church. And God says back, there is. There is one church. And obviously, they're not part of the Casco Bay Church of Christ. There's billions and billions over the years of, of people that have made Jesus Lord of their life. Amen? Over 2,000 years and, and beyond. You know, Moses is part of that church. And Elijah is part of that church. And many Israelites you've never heard of are part of that church. And Gentiles are part of that church. And that widow, right, is part of that church. And so many other people from all time periods will come together. Amen. 
to be part of the one body of Christ, the beautifully dressed bride prepared for a bridegroom. Amen? And we want to be a part of that one church. We don't have all the answers, but that's what we're striving for. In fact, it's not that we're trying to tell everyone what to do. We just want to be part of the party. Amen? We want to be a part of the wedding feast. And to do that, we have to listen to the head. We have to listen to the head, amen? amen? And so I just wanted to stress that there are many disciples of Jesus Christ that are not even a part of our fellowship. I believe that with all my heart. I've seen that with us. Now, at the same time, not everyone who has a Bible in a pew and has a cross in their church is necessarily absolutely in the body of Christ. Amen? Amen? Because we all have to listen to the head, and there's a covenant that God's given us that, that says, listen, if you do this, you can be a part of the one body. Amen? And so if that covenant isn't followed, God can't be faithful with his promise. Amen? So that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. But the, the bigger heart behind this is that we want everyone to make it to heaven. You know, some churches say, hey, be a member. All you have to do is go through this class and sign here. And by the way, um, we have a, a tithing thing as well. Hook it up. You know what I mean? And it happens. That's basically a lot of churches. And, and you know, hey, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good, I'm good. You're good, you're good, you're good, I'm good. Instead of saying, you know what? We want to be a part of a family that knows where we're going. You know, it's amazing in Cape Elizabeth, if, I for, if one of my sons is sick and I forget to inform the, the, the school, they are all over me. They send an email, absent alert. Where is your child? You have not called. And you, we, we get that often, actually. We feel bad. You know? We're like, you know, when your kid's sick, you're not thinking, let me inform the the, the school, we're like, oh, no, our kid's sick. You know, how are we going to figure this out and, and help him? And, and, um, but I just appreciate them doing that, amen, because it, it, it keeps safety. You know, if one of my boys doesn't show up to dinner and then doesn't show up to be home, I'm going to not just go, well, you know, whatever. It's all good. You know, I'm sure they're fine. I trust their heart. No, I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Noah's not home. Where is he? And I go looking around trying to find him. Obviously, I'm calling Josh on the phone. Where are you? You know, and uh, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out a little bit. And yet if the school system, and that's how family works, how should the church, the family of God work, the eternal uh, body of Christ work? We have to be even more diligent. Not just send an email. <laughs> hey, Lenny, absent alert. <laughs> Where are you? You know, obviously, we don't want to do it like that. But of course, you know, when, when you're missing from the dinner table, are you okay? What's going on? What can we do to encourage you, you know? And everyone needs to be at the dinner table. Everyone needs to be home. And so that's the heart behind this, is that we want everyone to get home. Yeah. And, you know, 
it, it's, it would be a terrible thing if, if we had a church of a thousand people someday, and I believe we will. Amen. In Maine, there will be a thousand disciples. Amen. You know, I might be an old man to see it, but there will be a thousand disciples throughout all of Maine preaching the word and even beyond, maybe even more than that. Because disciples that make disciples, just we, we see what happens all over the world, right? We've seen it already. We don't even need faith to believe it. We've seen it. Uh, you know, down in the World Discipleship Summit, I want to encourage everyone to come down to that, you know, and, and make that investment. But there might be 20,000 different disciples from all over the world that represent. Some of them are just representing their church. There's two people representing their church. And that whole church, you know, that's crazy, right? How God multiplies that. And yet if we had a church of 10,000 people and then Jesus comes back and only a thousand, you know, only a hundred people make it out of that a thousand. That's going to be terrible. That's not what we want. And so in order to do that, we have to have uh, uh, just a, a cl- clarity on what it means to be a member. Because some people think, oh, yeah, I'm joining that church. I'm in that church. But where do they stand with God? And that's what's more important about membership. You know, being a part of a church or something or organization means nothing if it doesn't benefit you. And that's the heart of why our leadership team have come together with some basic convictions of what we're hoping every member will embrace. And I think you guys have already embraced. I don't think there's going to be anything new. I don't think you're like, wow, that's new. But I think just communicating it clearly as we end this series will be so helpful to us all. So we're going to jump in. Amen? Amen. Well, the first thing that's pretty obvious, I think, is that every member of the Catholic Bay Church of Christ is a baptized disciple of Jesus in accordance with the New Covenant Gospel. Amen? Amen. Uh, let's go to Acts 2, actually. Acts 2. We're obviously not going to look at all these scriptures because that would be a long time. Um, and... You know, this will be recorded. Hopefully, you know, you can take some good notes today. I'd encourage you to take some good notes. Um, but that's the first thing. You have to be in the one church, amen, to be part of the Casco Bay Church. Does that make sense? That, I mean, I think that makes sense. That's not always making sense to the, the whole world, though, of Christianity. You know, um, that's a very important thing. Um, you know, what does that mean? Well, there's a new covenant, amen? And that new covenant is, is through faith in Jesus Christ, amen? amen? We, through responding to that amazing gift, we can enter the kingdom of God, the one church, amen, and be a part of it. In Acts 2, verse uh, 36, we'll just read that. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of all your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accept this message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Amen? And so we know this scripture. We, we, we've heard of this scripture before. Matthew 8, 28 speaks about baptizing only disciples. Amen? And so essentially through 
um, repentance and baptism with faith in Jesus Christ, according to the new covenant, right? We have to do it in that order, we believe, that, you know, you, you, you have to repent before you're baptized. You have to obviously believe in Jesus Christ before you repent. Those kind of steps. And, and, and yet, I think one of the things that um, is so important is that we remember that. That number one, we're part of the kingdom. You know, that's a promise that's for you and for all who are far off. Amen? Yeah. You ever kind of doubt your salvation? There's moments especially when I was a young Christian, where I'd say, man, man, I'm, I'm struggling right now. Am I? Is this really going to happen here? This whole heaven thing? Is this really, you know, just because I got into water and, and changed a little bit and, and believed in Jesus, I'm going to go to heaven and meet the God of all, you know, the universe? And then I read scriptures like Joshua that says, not one of his promises has ever failed to come true. Oh, I love that scripture. And this is a promise for the children of the Israelites back then, the children, and now for us, for all who are far off. That's us. We're far off, man. We're far off. Maine. I mean, you know what I mean? Time period. I mean, you know, you got Jerusalem to Maine. We're far off. And, and yet it's a promise for us. To claim, amen? And so, yes, you're saved because God never fails in his promises, amen? amen? But we want everyone to be confident of their salvation. You know, I'm a member of the Casco Bay Church of Christ, but more importantly, I'm saved, man. Amen. And I can look at myself in the mirror when I got baptized. I remember, got baptized. I looked in the mirror the day after. I was like, you're saved. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I started dancing, doing all this stuff, and good thing no one saw me. But, you know, it was awesome. Um, it's very encouraging. Um, a young man named Ryan is striving to be baptized next Sunday. So be praying for him. And, um, and, and Juan, by the grace of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, he was like, I want to be baptized on my birthday which is in March as well. So he's striving to do this, hopefully Saturday the 23rd. That's what we're praying about, hoping about. So they're like claiming that promise just like we did, amen? Um, and, and we didn't do anything to earn it. And so that's the first conviction, amen? amen? First conviction is you have to be a baptized disciple of Jesus Christ to be a member of God's church, but also our little 503 organization called the Casco Bay Church of Christ. <laughs> amen. Um, secondly, everyone needs to strive. That's the word, strives. Strives to have a daily relationship with God, amen? Daily and growing walk with God through devotion to the apostles' teachings. And right, the verse right after Acts 2, right? Verse 42. We've gone over this passage many times. <laughs> Two years of theme work on this, amen? <laughs> For those that have been around. You know this scripture out of my heart, right? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, the breaking of bread, and, and to prayer, right? This is so cool to think about, the apostles' teachings, right? The fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Essentially, it's a no-brainer. Why are we in this? Because we want a relationship with God. We're not trying to be religious or good people. Although, amen, the more time you get with God, I think the more righteous we'll become, amen? 
But we want a relationship with the awesome God, amen? And that takes prayer, and that takes Bible study, and that takes fasting sometimes, and that takes discipleship. And, and, and you know, obviously more to come with that. We, we've, we've talked about this often. We have midweeks on this. But this verse right here is, is they devoted themselves. Yeah. And so as a member, you know, no one can get in the Bible for you, amen? You know, you can't, you can pray for someone, but you can't pray for someone, amen? Um, we have to pray. You know, there's nothing like praying to help you spiritually, you know, and, and we have to walk with our God. Why was Enoch taken from his life? Because he walked with God. That's all it says about him. It doesn't say he was perfect in everything he did. It doesn't say he was amazing. Noah wasn't perfect. We know what happened after the ark. You know, he wasn't perfect, but the one thing he had on was he walked with God, and that's what we want, amen? Those that walk with God on this life, walk with God in the next, amen? amen? And so that's something we want to think about and strive to and help one another to do, amen? amen. Whoa, look at all this stuff. All right, strive to be devoted to the fellowship of believers through the following. So <clears throat> devoted to the fellowship like we talked about. The first thing is to be active, amen? Be active. I'm ready for my family group. Let's go. When is it? Let's do it. Um, so our, we are broken up into family groups, right? Because in some ways, when we get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, one of the issues is people get lost. People get lost. And it's still a challenge, even though we're small, that, that sometimes we can feel forgotten. And we don't want anyone being forgotten. We want everyone to feel uh, like they have best friends in the church, and everyone has a family they can talk to and be with. And yet it's hard to get us all together other than Sunday, amen? And it would be hard to go, hey, how you doing? 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 I mean, that'd be really hard. And so if there's a group of four to eight to ten people that get together with all the babies, you know, that's sometimes 12, 15 you know, you, it's great to be together and, and spend some time, you know, twice a month and do that. You know, the, church in, the churches were broken up in house churches. And that's a biblical thing. You know, Romans 16, I'll just read it to you. You can look there if you want. But Romans 16, verse 5 says, um, Greet also the church that meets at their house. Amen. And so the, form, the understanding of a house church is, is an important foundational part of the early church. And we want to break up the church in family groups or house churches. And essentially get to the point where we can become, uh, we could have our own church service on Sunday possibly with our family group. Wouldn't that be amazing? And, and, and to do that, amen? Second thing is love one another as Jesus commanded. Um, and so I want to just go back here for a second. What does it mean to be active? Well, it just means that you're making it a priority to be there. You know, it's not, it's, it's something that you care about. It's something that you make time for. And, and everyone's working together so that we can be together. Amen? I think this church loves to get together. Amen? <laughs> Loving one another as Jesus commanded. John 13, 34. Being devoted to the means of the body. Midweeks, Bible talk, conferences, retreats, and Sunday services. And, and I believe Sunday, when we take the Lord's, um, when we take the communion, it's very important. 
You know, we have to remember Jesus. That's the one thing he asked us to do before he died. Remember me. And, and the church did it on Sunday because that's the day Jesus rose from the dead. And if you look in your Bible, that's the day when Jesus appeared to the, the apostles many times was on Sunday. Pretty cool, huh? Sunday, he walked through the unlocked doors and said, Thomas, look, touch my side. Stop doubting belief. That was a great church service, huh? That was an awesome service. Um, but, you know, making time in our schedule makes, makes the meaning of the body priority. Where two or three are gathered, there I am. If Jesus is connected to the body, amen, then midweek, Jesus is there. I want to go there to Jesus. Why do we come to church? We don't come to church because, hey, you know, it's, it's what I do. I'm religious. We don't come to church because it's just something that, oh, you know, I need to get something from this time. Although we do get something from this time. We go there because God is there. Jesus is among us. And we also go to give. The Bible says, encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. Amen? That's what we do. We, we're actually go, supposed to go to encourage, because when you encourage, you get more out of it. Amen? Amen? Resolving conflict. Let's go to Matthew 18, real quick. This is definitely the longest um, section, but a good one. Matthew 18. And I don't know if we preach this much, actually. Which, you know, even going through this helps me go, wow, we haven't preached this much. What happens if there's conflict in the church? That's, that's first of all, just huff, right? When you have a conflict with a brother or sister, the spirit of the, of, of the Lord, there's a grieving almost. I don't know if you felt that. You're like, oh, man, I don't like that. And the other person's spirit is like, I don't like that either, you know? Because... We're unified by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians that we have to keep the unity of the Spirit. A lot of times we say we've got to forge unity. But the truth is we just have to keep the unity. Keep the harmony. You know, there's a beautiful song being played by the Holy Spirit. Just got to keep, keep the strings tight, you know, and make sure that... Well, what am I doing here? I don't know what I'm doing here. This is... This is I don't know what instrument this is. Jim Gleason would be loving this point right here. But uh, what are you doing with your hand there? Um, but uh, we want to keep the harmony, amen? In Matthew 18, verse 15, I love the top subtitle. If you have the same Bible I have, dealing with sin in the church. Whoa, whoa, this is intense. But you know, I'm grateful Jesus talked about this because I'm super encouraged by these passages because they help us understand how to deal with conflict. Yeah. You know, what if we didn't have this passage? We'd be lost. We'd act like the world. What's the world do? Well, I'm not going to talk to that dude. Oh, he's coming. <laughs> you know? Or just a shallow relationship. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've forgiven him. But I've not forgiven him from the heart. Yeah. And, of course, it doesn't mean that, you know, we don't have boundaries up sometimes in each other's lives. But it means that we do need to forgive him from our heart. And the Bible says in verse 15, if your brother sins, sins, sins or sins against you, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. So the first step in conflict, right, is going to talk to that person one-on-one. Instead, you know, you don't go to your other brother and say, hey, man, I got feelings with this brother. 
You know, let me tell you all the things he did to me. Pray about it. Talk to God about it. And go and speak to them. And it says, um, if they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they did not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. Wow. This takes a lot of hard-heartedness to get to that point. You know, you, you, you talk with each other. You know, Mario and, and, and Coma have a beef, okay? They have a beef. They never do. They have a beef. They go talk to each other. Then basically, it's not working out. There's pride. There's, there's some misunderstanding. Um, and they're just not. They, they get into a little bit even more of a conflict from it. You ever just like, you just pour gasoline on that conflict. You know what I mean? That's not encouraging. And they're like really heated at each other, you know? So that so Cohen maybe gets a brother and, and Mario gets a brother and they and it's not just so we can prove each other right or wrong, it's so that we can get help. Yeah. And it's you know what I need help. Could you just come and mediate here, help us? And man, that there's a magical thing that happens when you do that. Yeah. And you know after those times it takes like an hour, hour and a half talking, sometimes longer. And sometimes you feel like oh, I don't want to do this, but you know what Jesus died so that we'd be unified. That's the thing he prayed in John 17. What would he pray? I want to be unified. Oh, they're loving each other now. And it usually never goes past that heart, that, that part. But you know, I love that we're in a church that doesn't accept disharmony with each other. And this also has to do with we see someone sin in the church, not against us, but we see sin. You know, say you see something that you're like, oh man, that's not good. What do I do? A lot of people go, oh, let me go talk to someone who's close to me. Mm. Oh, you know, so-and-so, I saw so-and-so, you know, he ran a red light. <laughs> I'm just going to say that because, you know, that's, that's uh... amen. If you see someone red, you know, actually what happened was Lourdes one time saw me go through the stop sign oh. right there. She called me out. She's like, brother, I saw you run through the stop sign. I just want to encourage you. This car's coming. I don't want you to get hurt. Oh. She did it in such a respectful way. And I was like. <laughs> yes, sister, you're right. You know, and, and honestly, I stopped now there, man. I stopped there, you know, because of that encouragement and correction. Lord, man, when you told me I ran through the stop sign, yes, thank you. So, you know, that helped me. But if, 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 if Lord was like, hey, Wade, you know, because you're a brother, can you talk to, you know, to, to Glenn about that? Gets a little weird. Like, you talking about me and stuff? <laughs> No, I'm making a big, I wouldn't make a big deal out of it, but you know, why does Wade know that I ran a stoplight, you know? And of course, this is a stop, but you know, it gets harder when it's other sins. And so if you see someone, brother, sister, if you see someone, the Bible says, go and talk to them. Man, that's hard, right? But that's love. And most people will see it. I mean, you know what I mean? Most people are like, yeah, you're right. And guess what? All of us are sinners. So you're going to see me do sin. Please come talk to me. Please. I want that help. Amen? Let's keep going. Um, well, this is kind of connected to the first point, but personal and corporate holiness. Confession of sin. James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. Not a priest, amen? Each other. We're all priests, actually. You know, Evan's a priest. Did you know that? 
Hey, I confess to a priest today. So did I. His name's Evan Gage. He's pretty awesome. We didn't have a booth, but, you know, we got to see each other face to face. It was awesome. Uh, pursuing holy relationships romantically. Mm, romance. In the areas of dating and marrying. Only disciples. Those who belong to Let's go to 1 Corinthians 7. We'll just look at this scripture. Write down these other scriptures, but... You know, this is something that takes trust in God. And I appreciate all the faithfulness in this area. Because God is going to bless you in this area. And I'm not just talking about with a significant other. I'm talking about bless you spiritually. And, you know, it has to be our conviction that if we want to have a romantic relationship with someone, and I think that's a great thing, that's an awesome thing, and marry someday, that we have to pick the right partner. Yeah. And, and, and there's a reason God says this. In, in, in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 39, Baba reads, a woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives. And I say, amen, Danielle. Amen. amen. <laughs> that's a great scripture right there for me. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But if her husband dies, hopefully that doesn't happen. She is free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. I love that phrasing, belong to the Lord. What it means to belong to the Lord is to be a covenant new Christian disciple, amen? It means to be someone who is belonging to the Lord, not just believes in Christian things, but is belonging to the Lord. And so I know that I've been blessed with that. Now, if you are in a marriage already, God says to stay with that person and love them and be the best husband or wife you can be for them. Amen? Amen. And God usually works powerfully, and, and, it, and it does. At the end, they, through the light that the wife or, or husband becomes a disciple as well. But there's, it's hard to raise a family when you guys believe different things. Amen? And I just want to encourage us to let's obey this teaching. Amen? Um, talks about keeping oneself polluted from the world. Obviously, just working on our own self, you know? I want to point out more things that I need to repent in than other people do. Does that make sense? Like, if someone keeps coming to me and bringing up stuff that I need to change because I haven't dealt with it, that's not taking ownership of your holiness. You know, the Bible says no one who is not, whoever is not holy will not see the Lord because I am holy. And it doesn't mean perfect, but it means set apart. Do we live set apart lives? It's so important that we think about that. Amen? Um, and last, to be devoted to personal and corporate holiness. Let's go to Revelation 2, guys. Revelation 2. This is a super convicting passage for me. Certainly as a leader. But, um, man, this, you read Revelation to, the, to the, these seven churches... It's like, whoa, dude, Jesus. Wow. Verse 20 says, nevertheless, I have, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual morality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. So obviously her name wasn't Jezebel. That's an Old Testament figure. You know, probably most wicked woman ever in the Bible, Jezebel. No one's ever really called their daughters that I know Jezebel. But, you know, it's not a word. Or, or Judas. You never hear Judas, right? Hey, this is my son Judas. 
You don't really hear that. This is my daughter Jezebel. But you know, it, it, it's, it's something, you know, maybe not the best name. But, um, but it wasn't, obviously God was upset at the sin, but he was also upset that we tolerate. And so we have patience with one another. And that's different from toleration. You know, guess what? You tolerate me and you're patient with me, with my sin. And I'm grateful for that. You help me, you bear. But the standard, we don't lower the standard. We're just all striving to get there. And so we cannot tolerate unrepentant sin in the church. Amen? We have to call it out. And that's something that we need to be devoted to. And that's hard. That's hard. I don't care. That's super hard. I've been in those battles. And you're just like, things I don't want to do for $200. You know, um, you know I'd rather just... Uh, not do that. But, and that's why it's hard. That's why this church didn't deal with it. You know, maybe someone will figure it out. Maybe just, you know, something will happen. You know, it doesn't usually happen. We have to get in there, Matthew 18 style, and help the person. And often what I see, we did this with a brother, and he's now dating, and he got date, he's dating, and now he's married with two kids, and he is a leader in the church. Because the church in Albania that we were part of, you know, helped this brother and didn't tolerate just him, you know, being trapped. It's really t- entangled with sin. It's not that people go, yeah, I want to wake up and be a sinner, you know. We get taken captive, and we need to help each other. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, striving to be a fisher of men. I don't think we need to talk too much about that. But in that, they're sharing our faith, and this is cool. Serving is a way we fish for men. Yep. Serving in the community and serving in the church. We are fishers of men by doing that as well. And then serving the poor. That's a part of the Great Commission. Amen. That's a part of our light to the world. Amen. So that's, that's what we want to do for number five. Uh, we want to offer ourselves as living sacrifices through the giving of our talents, through the giving of our financial uh, blessings, through striving to glorify God every day, through serving. Amen. And I just want to encourage you guys this. One of the things I want to encourage you guys to do is, is just to, to make it your goal to do one thing in the church to serve God. Amen? Just one thing. It could be ushering. It could be I help with the slideshow. Come on, Lauren. She's doing a great job. Give it up for her. Um, it could be through cooking meat many times over for us. Amen? Uh, and it could mean, you know, just the ball of the beautiful. Whatever it is. For you, do it with joy. Amen? Amen? Find that. Find what you can do. Do it in joy. But also serve in the community. And that could be coaching. That could be just being a part of an organization that helps people. It could be just um, anything you want to do. Something that you like to do, amen, is suggested. Something you like to do, you know? Maybe, you know, Jesse likes, you know, welding and, you know... <laughs> doing that, you know, and, 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 you know, he loves all that, you know, and, and, you know, maybe there's a, a welding foundation, you know, that could use his help, and he can be the chair of that foundation. I, I don't know, serve in the community, because that's how you get relationships, and those relationships, God can work with those relationships, and you get to do what you love to do, like basketball is what I love to do, I use it, it's awesome, it's fun, it's it's, it's humbling, too, because I'm getting worse and worse every year. But, you know, it's, it's still what we get to do to reach out to people. Amen? Last but not least, we need to be committed 
or, or, or striving to the great commission of Jesus Christ, but not just in Maine, amen, but the world. You know, we're not here just to build a church that builds a great church in Maine, although that's what we're here to do. We're part of a worldwide fellowship, amen, that is trying to reach the world. And this isn't something that just happens. It takes a commitment of every member. That, you know, I'm not just here to help Maine. I'm also here to be a part of helping the world. Be evangelized. You know, Matthew 28 is not just for the apostles. Go make disciples of all nations. It's for all of us. A lot of people interpret that as just for the apostles. If that was the case, why didn't Acts 8, 1 through 4, they spread and scattered the word and preached the word wherever they went? Why, after the, the, the apostles died, did they keep pushing forward the mission of Christ? Obviously, it's not just for the apostles. Amen? So what do we do? We have a heart. Worldwide missions and domestic missions. Through the special missions offering, that's a part of our, you know, helping the world. You know, just by giving an offering for missions. Having here my send me attitude. Maybe God is calling you to go. Now, I don't want you to go. We need you here, but maybe God's calling you to go. That's part of the here my send me attitude through prayer and through striving to keep the unity of the spirit through the bonds of peace worldwide. Wow, that seems like epic. Striving to keep the unity. Guess what? Keep it. That's all you need to do. You know, if I have a phone, all you need to do is keep it. It's, 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 you know, I just keep it in my pocket right here. It's not hard to keep my phone, right? I lose my phone sometimes. I got to go find my phone. And so in many ways, like conferences like the World Discipleship Summit, that's one way, if we have the opportunity to go down to Orlando and go to Disney World, plan it out a little bit, have some fun, you know, we can enjoy a conference. And that, that alone, just doing that, will be a part of helping the worldwide missions. Amen? So this is what it means to be a member. I hope that it inspires you and encourages you. I wanted just to think about the fact that, again, just remind us that this is about getting us all home to Jesus. Amen? Um, I just want to read this song by Mary May. Do you know Mary May? She's a Christian um, singer. It's called It'll All Be Worth It. And I just want to read this part. It'll all be worth it for those who believe that one day he will crack the sky. I know you can't see it now, but one day I know you will. We see through a glass, but hardly a glimpse of the future glory, but darkly. Oh, what a day, imagining what awaits amidst all the cynicism and criticism. Yet we pray just to see your face, and it will, it will be all worth it. It will be all worth it. For those who believe that one day he will crack the sky, I know you can't see it now, but one day I know you will. With every passing of a loved one, the many who've gone on before uh, use, make your heart ache, wondering why the delay. But with every heartbeat, your faith grows stronger, and the Lord whispers, not much longer. Your should is stirred and comforted with these words, and that it will be, it will be all worth it. It will be all worth it. For those who believe that one day he will crack the sky, I know you can't see it now, but one day I know you will. I can't, you can't see it now, but I know one day, I know it will be all worth it. Amen.